commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Core World News. You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg's Combat, and you're listening to Core World News. Your Holland News Show for in-depth coverage, analysis, or the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a reading Rathtar special, covering Alex Segura's Poe Dameron Freefall. But first, Kathleen Kennedy speaks about the future of Star Wars. Now, yes, Ben Gunn-Gavin to discuss. All right, Grex, thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, welcome to another episode of, uh, you know, Core World News. It's good to be here with y'all. Thanks the for CWN. Uh, That's right, yeah. CWN, kid. There's, I'm doing a gang sign right now. The you Christian can... Worship ne- Network? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, no, well, I just Googled us. So that's, right, that's the first thing I got. So we're yeah. not that. We're Core World News. We're, All right. We're well, we'll... Core World News. We'll have to well, issue a cease and desist to them for using our acronym. It's good to know when we're when we're at the Comic Con and wearing my Core World News T-shirt. <laughs> By the way, now available on T Public. Um, oh, yeah. it it does it does just say CWN in Arabash, so I'm glad to know that a lot of people think I'm just like walking around <laughs> trying to signal yeah. boost the what was it the Christian Worship Network? Yeah, that's the first thing that comes up. I All right. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be a pretty quick uh, translator from Arabish to make a connection. And there's no Christian iconography in our right. logo, but um, that's that's not who we are. And again, um, our lawyers will be on that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, here we go. Um, co- a couple little tidbits of news this week. Um, the biggest. Well, all of it really coming from Kathleen Kennedy. Um, I always love it when she speaks, does a little state of the galaxy um, interviews like this. Um, they're always insightful. Biggest news coming out of there is that they're going to um, take a step back or they, they really are taking it in the middle of a step back right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what were your initial takeaways on this, Adam? Yeah, it's very similar to that. That's the one thing that I kind of took away is that, you know, at times I read some think pieces um, about this. Uh, and when I started kind of breaking down the, the quotes, it sounds like as she states, you know, I think I have the direct quote, um, and basically we just need time to step back and really absorb what George has created and then start to think about what things might, where things might go. Next line is important. That's what we've been doing. And we've had, we're having a great deal of fun doing it and meeting with lots of different filmmakers and talent. Right. So, so Ben, I think that's the important thing is that it's not, she's not saying that this is like something they're just doing now that they've been in the process of this. And I think we've been talking about this process for the past six months, right? They, they brought in a lot of different talents, a lot of different people. We keep hearing those rumors of people are being brought in. Um, you know, yes, maybe we're taking a bit of a step back, but at the same time, there are three series in, in various forms of production right now, three, uh, three live, live action series, yeah. one animated series, um, and then three movies, three movies, three features. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's a step back, I'm wondering what a step forward is going to be like in five <laughs> years. Yeah. And right. I can imagine there's probably 10 to 20, you know, projects in development at any given time, especially for the film projects. I mean, we, we heard a night to the older public script was being written and, um, we know that's, that's a, that's a real thing that's out there. Yeah. Um, and we know that was a Lucasfilm development deal. So we know that's an actual, that could actually form into a, a night to the public film, which would be fantastic yeah can i read you another quote that may support that 
Sure. So Kathleen Kennedy said, uh, and this is, by the way, this is from The Wrap. She did an interview with The Wrap. Uh, she said, stories have been told within this universe over the last 40 odd years. And there's now the realization that this is a mythology that actually spans about 25,000 years when you start to, when you really start to look at all the different stories that have been told, whether it's books and games. So they're doing exactly what we've kind of hoped, which is what they were doing is start expanding the universe, right? The other thing I got out of this, some of these quotes, and I don't know how to say this, this may come across the wrong way, is I think they're relieved to have the Skywalker saga behind them. Yeah. It, it felt to me like this, that felt like the, 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 the gateway into a larger universe that they, when they took this property over, and when Kathleen Kennedy took this property or, or started moving forward with this property, that the main goal was let's get the Skywalker saga over the finish line, and then we expand the galaxy. Then we look at the larger galaxy. Right. Grant, what did yeah. you think about this? What was your take on on this interview? Pretty much the I same? Mean, I, I, I agree with Adam. I think they are glad that the Skywalker saga is behind them. But I think, you know, making the sequel trilogy and focusing on the, the Skywalker saga allowed them to develop some, like, the synergistic protocols that we all, mm-hmm. we've all come, you know, yeah. become aware of that we, you know, in all the ancillary media, the books, the comics, the, you know, anything, the, the video games, everything kind of ties together. I think they they had to, by by telling a story within the Skywalker saga, they were able to figure out how we can how we can tell that story across so many different mediums. I think that was super helpful. And I think uh, now going forward, when they start an entirely new story, they'll have that protocol in place to then deliver all this material and across all these mediums that speak to a singular story or a singular saga. So I'm I'm excited to see what's up next for them. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I, that's a really good point, Grant. I, I never thought of it as like a an administrative or logistical sort of trial period that they're still getting through. But it's very true. Like, I mean, it, it's no small task synergizing all these different media together um, to tell a contiguous story. Um, and it, it and it must have taken a lot to do. And you're right. They've, they've sort of been doing it. I sort of look at like our upcoming near future releases as sort of them rifling through the couches and picking up loose change. And, you know, to mix metaphors a little bit, just low hanging fruit, like just sort of, you know, just like what do we got sitting around here? That's some obvious stories that people have been wanting to tell for a long time that we you know definitely want to do and and sort of clearing the decks on that stuff. But, you know, that they're like, this can't be it. We're not going to spend the rest of our career, you know, aping, um, you know, just canonizing legends EU like that's that's not what they're going to do. And. It's, I'm glad that they're taking as much time as they need to sort of figure out what the next saga is and what it's going to be. I mean, you know, right. we've I, I would like it to be what we've talked about many times about actually continuing this saga a little bit, but like framing it in a different way based around Ray. Um, that would be pretty cool and sort of moving forward with some of these, you know, characters from the sequel trilogy. Um I don't really feel like that's what they're going to do, though. I think they're going to start from whole cloth and and do a different thing. They're they're obviously doing it with the books a little bit with the higher public. That's brand new territory. Um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm curious what it'll be. I think it'll be something moving forward, though, like ahead, in, like in something that that comes after the Skywalker saga. Yeah, um, that's yeah. interesting because it, it's I don't know how you make us how you tell a story after the Skywalker saga without being referential of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, it will be how you do that. Right. I mean, you need it to be like, they. but want... I think a lot of people are tired of that. I think that's what people are getting tired of is the kind right. of, the it's commonplace that we comment. We, we, the, these characters, these in galaxy characters make these in galaxy references to events of the Skywalker saga. Like, I think that's what, and there's a lot of the kind of like the, the 
the same well, the dialogue cues a lot of those exact yeah. cues there's just so much in there that's self-reflexive that i i feel like we want to we want to start fresh if you really want to start fresh i think you have to get you have to go back before the skywalker saga i think you know way back if you can but yeah, then I, at the same time yeah. i don't know how you don't comment on events in the skywalker saga with that story so it's like if you go in the future you're going to be referential to skywalker saga if you go in the past no matter what you do it's going to comment on the events we all know and love and so yeah. you always it, have to it's have interesting. An, you always have to have an infinity stone in a marvel movie right <laughs> like not to like not to put everything but like that's gonna be it like the skywalkers are the center of the galaxy no matter where we go even if we go twenty five thousand years in the past it's good there's gonna be some connective tissue very very loose but it's gonna be there yeah and i think the i think afterwards it can be i mean you can still be referential without it like bogging down the new story it can just be like you know where it's it's myth it's modern myth for us you know but it'll be modern myth for the next you know for the next saga. And maybe it does happen 600 years in the future or something. And it's, you know, the it's, it's taken on a different, the galaxy's taken on a different shape. Um, and there's extra galactic yeah. or whatever, whatever it's going to be, but there's still like, you know, people that are going to try and honor the, it, they'll be trying to understand the Skywalker legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the I same mean, as fandom's doing right now. It's like, well, what really happened there? Who is Anakin Skywalker? Who is Darth Vader? Like, what did Anakin Skywalker accomplish? What did Ray Skywalker accomplish? How does it affect us now? And so we'll be sort of understanding some of that. But it should, I mean, I think that'll be pretty, it'll be cool. It'll be nice to have this mythos that they exist in based in this story that we know so well. Um, but I think there's still plenty of room to, yeah. to to go new places. And I don't think, I don't think the Skywalker saga is ever going to be done. I think Disney and Lucasfilm are not playing a, this, the, Ben, you kind of mentioned this next five years, they're kind of have these like, slam dunk projects they're just trying to figure out like they're basically trying my thought is they're trying to get a baby yoda into everything which is like let's yeah. get please 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 not literally baby yoda but like <laughs> a yeah. internet breaking, baby snoke like please, like please, an internet breaking this, something that captures a fan base and then yeah. keep building that fan base and that's yeah. why they're doing things like the books and the, and the comics but here's the thing they're thinking great so where are we from where are we now like, because Marvel's doing this too. Where are we 10 years down the line? Where are we 20 years down the line? Where are we 50 years down the line from this thing, right? Like, I really think they're yeah. thinking that far ahead, not like plotting it out, but like, yes, we are, we are, I am personally done with the Skywalker saga for now. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. I'm really satisfied with, with the conclusion of that. I need a break. I need to explore other parts of the, of the, of the galaxy for now. Come back to me in 15 years. In 15 years, I'm going to be dying to know where that story is coming from right they're going to keep they're just going to because nostalgia nostalgia is is a serpent eating its own tail it's going to come back around again and yeah. we're going to be getting these things and we talked about a pillar being pre you know honor what came before presage what comes after you know and it's i, I think that that's they're going to do that and and then you know they they need to tie into this to give older fans like us you know when we're all 80 or whatever hopefully we make it that long um, you know, we're still like, oh yeah, I know who Bush is and like, whatever, you know, like right. or whatever references they, they make to that original trilogy, we'll, we'll still have that capital knowledge and it'll mean something to us. And, um, if it comes before my problem, I, I get it, Grant, you can do brand new things and I, and I can't wait for the high Republic cause it's going to do that. But we've still had that like bummer about like, we know where this is going, you know, we know where this is all going right. and it's, and it's a tragedy more than anything. I think there's there are touchstones in the Skywalker saga that warrant more exploration that I think oh, yeah. they could they could explore further in a new saga or a new trilogy that would 
be respectful of what came before and be a tribute to that as well as explore just totally new territory, which is like, I think like the, the death star, the, the Kyber crystal, like, like, you know, planetary destruction device, like that whole thing, I, that, that laser beam, that death beam, I think is that death beam technology, I think is super interesting. I would love to see, I would love to watch it like a saga about characters that kind of know the capabilities of that technology, like Jedi that understand that that, that weaponry is out there and they need to stop it from getting in the wrong hands as if they know a Palpatine might come around at some point. Like yeah. that might be a really fun trilogy. There's a, there's a fun, beautiful, like poetic thing to the fact that the Death Star is built out of Kyber crystals, right? Like the, yeah. the like the, the ultimate weapon of peace, which is an oxymoron, yeah. but Hey, I'm going to go Je- Jedi are full of oxymoron. How yes, cool lean right in that. Yeah. Like, how cool would it be to see a scene with, like, two Jedi? And, and Jedi that are strange, right? Not that, like, one humanoid, bipedal one, and one, like, tree, like animal or whatever. You know, some strange-looking creature that's a Jedi. But, like, seeing these two Jedi on some remote world, like, right in the backdrop is this laser beam going off. And it's this, it's this ancient technology in these ruins or something like that. But it is the precursor to the Death Star. Like, it is the first incarnation of that laser technology. And we're seeing it for the very first time. And it's and they're and Jedi are very you know, wary that this could end up in the wrong hands and this technology could become a huge problem for the galaxy, which it does, which we all know it does. You know, that could be yeah. interesting. Yeah, totally. I think that falls under the category of like that's, you know, more like picking up loose change. Like they just don't they can do it. There's all these beautiful gaps that were left in like, you know, um, mystery boxes that were left around the especially the sequel trilogy um, that that they'll be able to farm for good content. I think they just don't want to only do that. And now is a time what Kathleen is saying is like, now is a time let's think broader. Let's think, you know, if we're, let's try to come up with original story here, that's going to be as captivating and let's pool all our resources and really, and really make this happen. I think one thing I wanted to talk about, and we're going to hit on this a little bit in our reading Rathar section when we look forward, but the next book coming out in the publishing cycle, which is I think just next week or the week after is the, is the first book in the new Thrawn trilogy, Thrawn yeah. Chaos Rising. Here's what's really fascinating about that. From everything I've read about the description, that book takes place solely in the Chiss Ascendancy. Yeah. That's awesome. crazy. That yeah. means we're getting a Star Wars book that has nothing to do with the Republic, Jedi. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be those elements in there, and there's going to yeah. be, I think, because they refer to him having to go look into the Chaos, and I'm thinking the Chaos is what the Chiss refer to the galaxy at uh, the, the Republic oh, yeah. as, which I think yeah. is awesome. But yeah. like that's, can you imagine that? Cause even back in the old EU and I'm finally finishing, I'm, I'm actually just finishing the, the Thrawn duology books, which is like the last Thrawn books that, um, that, uh, Timothy Zahn wrote in the old Republic. I mean, the old EU, I should say they never even went there. They told the stories a little bit of right. like where yeah. Thrawn came from, but to actually have a full book that doesn't have anything to do with the galaxy that we know really shows that they're trying to spread their winds and explore like what's possible, what's possible in Star Wars storytelling. Right. Yeah. And we know that's also a way to explore the, uh, a new way to explore the force, right? We know that the navigators, yeah. navigators use the force and it, it's fascinating to see these different explorations of the force. So mm-hmm. I hope they keep doing that, which I really, I mean, the legends of Luke Skywalker book does that. I, there's so many, there's so much fun material out there that explores the force in unique ways using, you know, alien species and remote worlds and things like that. Other yeah. cultures. This is definitely sort of this is a real golden age in a lot of ways for Star Wars because because they are starting to farm brand new material and 
I mean, probably a lot like the way the, the EU fans felt when all the books started coming out because um, they, they were doing a lot of this like spreading. And, and it's just new ways to sort of fall in love with Star Wars, new characters, new tropes, new everything. And um, just to let creative minds play in this world will build yeah. some some awesome things. And in every possible medium, we're getting we're getting a plus yeah. storytelling. The comic storytelling is great. The books are great. The video games are great now. Like the the story of of um of Fallen Order to me is is such a great story. And like I mean, just this is what I remember in the '90s when I was reading the books and they came out and 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 some of the comics that felt like the golden age. And man, I I didn't realize how much better it could get. Is that we're also getting like a plus TV, a plus movies, like everything. It's really just yeah. And I think that um, Lucasfilm knows that they have this cadre right now that is peak Star Wars. You know, they have a couple generations they have uh, that are working on this. Um, you know, you've got super old school original trilogy, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, which is more prequel era like focused. And um, and then plus all the great new talent they brought in tangentially through, you know, Mandalorian and um I think especially between Favreau and Filoni, they have really good guideposts as far as how to design something in the Star Wars, you know, that brand new in it that honors George Lucas, um, but still pushes the boundaries, especially all the comic book writers. I mean, Charles Sewell um, definitely comes to mind who, you know, they, they've got a bunch of great minds that probably work well together because they've been doing it for 10 years at this point. Um, and really bringing them all together to, to, to hatch something new before it gets too late. You know, they could just ride this thing, you know, for a decade without thinking about it and just get people to tell the stories they want to tell, yada, yada. But I think they're at a really good touch point where they've got elite, elite, elite talent working together and focused yep. on Star Wars right now. And um, that is going to yield some great results. And uh, frankly, after reading this this article, I'm like, oh, I wish we were working with them right now. <laughs> Right now, yeah. I would give anything, I have, I have, you know story group like yeah. you know. Well, I've been the... circulating with this, these ideas of how they start a new trilogy for a very long time now, and I have to say, I've come down to the the single idea that it it should be three factions at play instead of just two. Like yeah. there should be I three factions at play. Fully agree with that. I think what that... are the three factions? Grant, I th I have them already built out. I think you do. I think the Jedi, like I said, are are discovering some sort of ancient civilization with the the, the death. The, the precursor Death Star technology. I think that's what the Jedi and the Republic are tapping into and figuring out. I think the Sith, you go deep into the Sith and you find out that maybe, maybe the Sith, are, maybe the, you bring the Sith race itself, the species, and maybe mm -hmm. the, a half blood had taken the throne. And there's all these kind of jealous Sith, you know, trying around him, trying to raise a coup or assassinate him or something like that. That could be fun. And then the third party, I think, is an empress or a queen, an almost inverted Amidala, where it's a, a nefarious queen who maybe. Maybe her, I don't know, promised love interest or prince became a Jedi or something. Maybe, maybe she's just, uh, you know, just out to take out the galaxy and the Republic, or wants to broaden her territory or something like that. I think that would be really fun. Oh, so, so three factions. She's like, does she separate church and state quite literally? Like she's just, <laughs> yeah, she's exactly. not affiliated with the Sith or the Jedi. She's just, right. trying, but she is, uh, you know, ultimately powerful in, a, in a, over an entire galaxy. Yeah, right. She has an armada of some kind. Having just a duology, right, or just this two opposing, diametrically opposing forces is interesting. Well, no, it's not interesting. I'm sorry. It's easy storytelling and leads to, like, really dynamic storytelling. But it's super easy to fall into 
just clear black and white good versus bad which is what's the core of sith and the jedi but you know having a third faction there leads to really interesting and you know really thoughtful storytelling again i'm reading this thrawn duology and i won't go into the big details but it's like after it's like the very end of the it's like the empire is pretty much done so they're deciding whether or not they should have a peace treaty with the new republic or not and meanwhile there's a faction left of thrawns like thrawns dead but there's a faction of his there left and the whole like second book is just about like they don't know whether to where thrawn would fall would thrawn if he were here actually try to keep the empire running or would he be part of the new republic and so this is really interesting storytelling of like factions of the empire who are breaking off and now actually trying to get peace treaties with the new republic right and like it just leads to this really interesting like and then like there's stuff going on in the republic that are breaking apart and so it's just such a like dynamic storytelling that i think right. yeah we the, the galaxy is large enough to have those stories especially and thrawn and the chiss are the definitive third faction in yeah kind of yeah. the, the new and old canon yeah and you even got that a bit in the new jedi order stuff which is you know not the best books in the world but when you brought in the yuzan vong you do have like a book where the remnants of the of the um uh empire do do join forces with the new republic to try to beat this larger enemy right again you know not the best storytelling but interesting interesting yeah an interesting path of thought there so i agree right i love this idea of three factions yeah that would be very cool yeah. man um yeah i wish we could be involved with that but uh, at the very least it's in great hands and i can't wait to see what comes out um another little uh piece of information that was sort of Glean mm. was that uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is going to be a limited series, which we've speculated on before. Um, I definitely wanted more, but I, I think, Adam, you were the one that said you're. I always assumed it would be um, for no reason other than uh, Ian McGregor is a big talent. Right. So that's hard to get in there. And there's a limited yeah. amount of space to tell that story. But that's the same thing to be said the Cassian Andor series. Right. There's a lot, only so much space you can tell before he, you know, dies. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's no indication that that's a, a limited series. That seems to be an actual, you know, recurring series. But yeah, so, yeah, I'm not surprised by this news. Um, I'm actually kind of positive about it because I like that means you have to tell a story in eight to ten episodes that has a beginning, middle and end. Right. That you don't right. leave. You don't keep leaving things. I keep getting burned from shows being canceled on Netflix. Another thing that right. just so I'm I, not that that's going to happen with an Obi-Wan series, but I like this idea of like, just tell me a complete story in, in eight episodes. Yeah, I also presumed it was going to be a limited series just because you, you really don't want to play with a legacy character for multiple series, for especially if you don't know if it's going to work in the first series. It, dep it really depends on how the first series goes. I mean, yeah, I know right. Damon Lindelof just did Watchmen as a limited series, and it was incredible. It has a beautiful eight episode arc. And um, I hope they do that for Obi-Wan, but I, I think be, that's what, cool if there's another season, if there's two seasons of it. But I, I, I also presume it's probably one season. So. Yeah. Also, there was um, an interesting little tidbit I found at the bottom of this, and it was like an editor's note um, in the article I was reading. But uh, the and I think it was Edge or no IGN, IGN, um, and they said that Obi Wan was going to take place eight years after um, the Revenge of the Sith. So that leaves another ten years, right? Yeah. Between, because I, I mean that's kind of that's that's actually it's really big information because that that means they're not going to step on um, was it Lucino's Kenobi? I think it was Lucino, right? 
I think, yeah, I think it was Lucino. And that was much, much closer, right, to episode That was four. right. It was like the first day, it was, you know, he landed on Tatooine. It was like his first week. Oh, so it was very first, yeah. yeah. So it was very uh, end so, of episode three. Right, That's so right. not going to step on that. They're going to be in, like, pure hermit mode um, Kenobi, but at, like, some sort of breaking point. Well, but I mean, novels by John Jackson Miller. Oh. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Sorry uh, to Mr. Miller. <laughs> I um that that makes sense for a number of reasons, because I think I, I think you McGregor and, and Alec Guinness are actually somewhat closer, closer in age than you would think. Like when. Yeah. But like but also like, you know, 50 something in 1970 or 60 something in 1950 something in 1977 and 50 something in 2020 yeah. are yeah. very, very different things. You know, yeah. we learned the damage that sun can do uh, and like, you know, and martinis all day, every day. But, um, <laughs> you know, Alec Guinness never had avocado ice cream. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so that makes sense because I don't think I'd buy him, you know, right now. He's definitely aged into it. Plus, you know, Grant, as you said, it, it, that does it, leave it open if this goes really well. And I have a feeling that, you know, if Ian McGregor has a positive experience based on everyone's experience on working on a Star Wars as of late, it seems to be all about positivity. Everyone seems to come away from all those things raving about how fun it was that it allows them to be like, well, yeah, we did tell a limited series. We did tell a story that had a beginning, middle, and end. And then there's another story that happens five years later that's a beginning, middle, and end, right? Like maybe just tell these like individual stories right. as they'd want to. Right. I imagine that deal's fluid. I, I, I can't imagine they're just limited series right now. And that, that's, that's it. Yeah. I feel like if, if the story does well, if we, <laughs> we know that you and McGregor plus star Wars equals a winning formula. So yeah. It's I, like, can't imagine. I could, I could definitely see multiple series, but I mean, if it is a limited series, I can imagine they're going to do something pretty impactful. They're going to do something pretty, uh, uh, climactic in this, in this I mean, yeah. one series. So that allows I think that's what allows you to get to the big guns, right? That that allows you to get a Liam Neeson cameo, right? That's yeah. what allows you to get I think these. you need to have that here. Yeah. And if you can say this is basically, hey, guys, this is just a movie, right? Because I think when you get to a limited series and you have an eight-part limited series, you can sell it to the actor. You can sell it to people. You can sell it to the network. You can sell it to, the, to everyone. Like, yeah, it's, it's TV, but it's really just a long movie at this point. Yeah. And I think... Um... That was another thing that we should keep in mind is that um, this was originally there was just going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone mm -hmm. and it was just going to be a feature film. But I, I mean, I think I like this better, you know, because maybe we get the length of two feature films or three feature films, um, depending on how many episodes it goes. And yeah. uh, and then you can tell a, a lot more in-depth story. I, I think the one thing that that's working against them a little bit is how high a bar the Mandalorian set and mm -hmm. I just get this sense from Kathleen that she her word goes like if it's not up to her quality, it doesn't matter who she's brought in and how much she loves them. If the script isn't good enough, it's they're starting over again and they're they're picking someone new and she reserves that right. And she's not afraid to to use it. And I think uh, the storytelling is better for it. You know, you you know, generally, I, I think it, she she okay. keeps. It's good to know someone is doing quality control out there. Yeah, I, to I totally agree with you, Ben. When I think yeah. of Kathleen Kennedy, I think of the word quality. Like, she mm -hmm. is just yeah. an immaculate producer. Uh, incredible, incredible resume of films. Yeah. And uh, I just, yeah, yeah, to just finish that, yeah, to finish that thought, I just don't, I don't think they have a real solid script yet for Kenobi. And I think it's still coming together. And that's why she's just, you know, she may be calling it a limited series because she doesn't really know what she's got yet, even though it's, it's drawing in great people. Um, 
you know, it's it, until she sees it on the screen, she's she's not going to commit to a second series season. Yeah. And it also doesn't give you it, it puts more pressure, I think, in a positive way or a good way on the writers and the producers. Yeah. Like you have one shot to get this right. Right. This isn't Star Trek Picard where right. you can just be like, oh, yeah, that first season it was fine, but hey, we got the second season. Like Star yeah. Trek Discovery, you can always be like, "We'll fix it in the second season, right? We'll we'll fix it as we're going on." No, this right. is your one shot. You got to get it right. Yeah, yeah, it's and that's great. We that's the what's going to be a differentiator for Star Wars going forward. It's just like it, it has a higher bar, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a real hot button topic. Everyone wants to you know naysay on on Star Wars or debate it for whatever hot takes Twitter reasons, um, but. You know, it's still as a series head and shoulders above any other series that's out. That's right. ever and there's done. evidence that they are refining this series uh, yeah. to mm-hmm. max. Uh, they had just fired the the writer of Drive, who had written in the entire yeah. series. I think good he writer. Turn in, yeah, turn in drafts for every episode of that series, and they they took them off the project and they brought other people in. And uh, it's just fascinating to see how much refining they're doing in, in uh, you know behind the scenes, which I, I'm like so interested in and i hope they do give us some insight into the development process for this show in a sort of um in what they did on the um on disney plus uh, with mandalorian that that same series in terms yeah. of um yeah the gallery series i think it's called and um yeah something like that with, with obi-wan and, and really get to the script development process they really don't talk about storytelling or the script as much as i thought they would i know in the mandalorian they did talk about filoni and favreau did go over talking about how they were writing the script over Christmas, I think at one point, Favreau just sent them the script, and that was that was pretty much it. I didn't hear a lot more about the story than that. Yeah, I I think after the last two experiences they had in the theaters, they're thinking a lot more about script. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative, but both like Solo was very loosely scripted based on the um, based on the Lord and Miller, the stories coming out of the Lord and Miller stuff, and so. I feel like that Kathleen felt a little burned by that of just like, great. Like the dailies coming out were like, great, but like, what's the story? And they'd be like, oh, because Lord Miller are very much like we fix it. We figure it out in post. We figure out what the story yeah. is after, which is like, that's amazing. Like 22 and 23 Jump Street are really great movies and they come together. But I don't think you can do that for Star Wars and you get scared. And then episode nine, you know, that is that that movie is a beautiful mess. That's always how I'm going to explain describe that movie. Like, and I love that movie, but it is clearly like, <laughs> we had to write the script in two weeks. No, or like, it feels like that. I don't necessarily mean a negative, but it was, it was a bit slapped. It was like a because, rushed assignment. It does yeah. feel like a rushed assignment. That's and good. so I think now Kathleen just like, no, no, let's, let's pump. We, you know, we, we have so many irons and so many fires that if one of those irons is not hot enough, we let it stoke a little longer. We take the time we need. Yeah. We have the Mandalorian that season two is coming out. It sounds like season three production is not delayed at all. That's the other stories I've been here coming out. So that is like, that's that's their now their new backbone. The animated stuff is going really well. Yeah, so like, Lenny's a master. Things get pushed back a year. Things get pushed back a year, and I that's where I'm at. We've we've spent so many times in our lives during the dark time of no Star Wars that if I have to wait one more year to get a perfect Obi Wan series, I'll wait another year. I'll wait another two years. Yeah, yeah. I found it quite shocking that the the ninth film in the Skywalker saga wasn't longer than it was. I, th- I thought it easily could have been thirty minutes to forty minutes longer. I, it was. They edited it way down. Yeah, I mean, I came from a generation that, you know, loved, that Lord of the Rings came out and they were all four hour movies and like, well, I mean, they were four hour cuts, but they were three, three and a half hour movies. 
And like, not only was that acceptable, but it actually changed filmmaking for a while. And I don't think the attention yeah. span argument plays either, because this um, isn't a space opera. Yes. This is a space opera. This is the, they're supposed to be long. Let's let, right. let us not forget that the same year, the biggest movie of all time, literally of all time, came out, and that movie was three hours and five minutes long, called Avengers Endgame. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and they knew they had the to go. Sock. They knew it. They knew they had to go long. It was the end of a, yeah, it was the end of their story. Yeah. yeah, so I I will always be baffled by that. Um, so that's interesting in terms of leadership, and I'm, I'm sure Kathleen had a, had a say in that in, in in how long the film was. But I feel like um, I, I again I'm just I I'm worried about the films going forward given how long that last film was, and that's yeah. kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm less worried because it's not a Skywalker saga. Like I feel like they're more willing to experiment with the things that aren't the saga films. Yeah, that's true. But where are they? I mean, where are they going to bring that ship to dock at the end? You know, like it could be another. And you know, and much like we'll talk about a book in a second that kind of has the rushes to the ending. And it's just I, I really think they got to stick their <laughs> endings. Honestly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, it's it's curious enough that you don't. I don't really know where it's coming from. I mean, it could have been that like. JJ was just like, no, it's going to be this long and we're just going to get within this time frame and this is how we're going to do it. Or they look at everything they had and they're like, no, I want this movie to, to feel this way. I want it to feel urgent and just have it move, move, move the whole time and, and feel unique in the, in its pacing. And it, it'll always it'll definitely stand alone. You know, it's it's probably closest to Return of the Jedi, but it um, it does it, it it moves faster than any Star Wars movie ever had. There's not a slow moment in that film, really. I mean, there's a couple moments where i i have a second to take a breath but like in every other star wars movie there's a segment i can i kind of like point is like it's the bathroom break moment in my book yeah, right yeah. like where it's like i got it i can go out and it's i still haven't quite figured out where that it might be um <laughs> since it might be Kami, K, K, kajimi but then you get babu frick and i'm like i'm not yeah. leaving for any second of babu frick that i get right. so like so I don't know. For me, it's but... the beginning of that movie. I think the beginning of that movie is all wrong. Like, that's my point of view. I, I, I know it's a little negative, but I feel like the beginning of that movie is bizarre. It's like we're in these, the, I... these uh, I don't know, these these lava fen, this like, this a burnt fen on Mustafar yeah. when you could have easily shown Vader's castle in the background. You could have easily done some things to show some signaling yeah. of that it's Mustafar. Just to like start and it just yeah. did not happen. Off. Yeah, just to did like not happen. give a sense of place and like really, I mean, one of the most compelling locations in Star Wars, like, let it breathe. Let's be in this space with Kylo Ren. Let's, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, they scrapped the mon the bog monster. And I feel like if they take the time graphic match cutting, come on. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Well, guys, I mean, I think if you go back to our, probably one of our episodes, probably almost a year ago, right. was probably right around when uh, we were talking now, actually, what's that? I want to listen to our like preview. Of <laughs> I, I think, all of us were arguing for why not delay episode nine a year, like just take another year. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I, Kathleen's not going to say that out loud, but based on the signaling of this thing and based on what's going on with the Obi-Wan, I think that's the lesson she took away from this is just like, don't rush it. Take a year. I think, I think Disney and Lucasfilm were so like, I mean, the good news is that that happened. We never would have seen it because it would have been middle of COVID. And then right. like, right. Yeah. <laughs> So like I like it would have been that would have been mad. Ah, could you imagine that if that was like the, the last episode, the last episode nine? Yeah, we're sitting here like going. Well, we already would have seen it five times before January, though, right? 
like dude i would go in full bubble boy to that film oh same here i would risk it i would straight up risk it I think it's worth it. risk it it's worth, it's worth the five-year recovery that people are getting no i'm just kidding um but no it's you know i think that's what you took away because I, I, that movie i really do enjoy it and there's so much i love about it but grant i 100 agree with you i still remember the moment in that theater when that film started and that crawl happened and then like we're on Mustafar not knowing that's Mustafar until yeah. way until like we read about it later and we're like the biggest Star Wars fans that are out there right so like we had like someone had to tell us that was Mustafar and then I just remember looking over at you Grant and like like going what is happening and not in a negative way but just like what is happening yeah. like it's just no we looked at each other immediately when we watched that it, it, it just it started in such an unexpected way and not in an unexpected and interesting way it was just kind of like just super unexpected yeah yeah, and that's movie's just like the pulp meter was at like a hundred when that movie started, and I was like, "Wait, what? Is this yeah, like is this the, the crawl same tone as all the other films?" The dead the speak. Was I, was like the dead speak, and you're like, "Oh, okay, all right, all right. I'm just it now." Let's I guess. just go. Right. Yeah. Not as clear as war, but hey, I'll I'll take it. Um, you know, Grant, I don't want to like this. I don't. I don't want to you know start something. But this is my epi- episode nine. Is my episode eight, where like I. I'm going to have a complex and long history with episode nine where I'm mostly on the side of positive, but I feel like it's the most where like any given day, my thoughts about that movie are in a different place and not necessarily bad or good, but I'm like focused on like, Oh, what about this seg- eg- you know, aspect of it? And then episode eight, I just need to see it twice. And once I saw it twice, my opinion of that movie has not shifted at all. Right. Right. Um, in a good way. Yeah. I, for me, I can't, not, I, I feel like, there's not a lot of substance I want to look deeper into in episode nine. Whereas episode eight, I think there's a lot of complex themes and yes. ideas going on that I want to, I want to delve deep into. And a lot of them I struggle with. And a lot of them are, are deep, deep, deep challenges for me, which I actually like. And I've, I've grown to like more and more after seeing the film. But I mean, again, it's not, it, it's not the episode eight I wanted. It's not the episode nine I wanted. I thought episode seven was as good as you could probably do to restart a franchise. So, We'll, uh, I'm not going to dunk on seven, but I, I, I do like the sequel trilogy. I just feel like it just, I don't know. There's a lot of choices in there that are, are quite strange yeah. to me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement. I think a lot of people would, um, probably for different reasons. <laughs> but, um, but one thing I'll say is like, I think we'll talk more about it when we do our, do our pillar on swashbuckling and episode nine, nine might be the most swashbuckling of swashbuckling other than episode four. Like that's, I feel like there's so much of that. A lot of oh, totally. Yeah. It's almost like 100% wash button. Yeah. I, and I get what you're saying now, Grant, where it's sort of like you have these really existential, well, I just, like emotional, no, like ways places you can delve in yeah. eight. But in nine, it's Correct. more like for me, it's just like it's mystery yeah. box after mystery box, which is like that's kind of a shiny way to put it. Um, it's also just you're just like, wait, what? For yeah, a lot huh? of that movie, because you're like, they, they graze over these massive facts that. Um, they take the characters take for granted, but the audience doesn't really know anything about. There's Snoke's in a tube. Like yeah. there's, there's Snoke. Snoke's who in a tube. Snoke? Yeah. Who is Snoke? There's questions there. There's a lot of questions. I don't need to know yeah. who Snoke is. I just want to know what the template was for creating him and why there's so many of him and what's going on with that. And if he's also with the Emperor's son, who's a strand cast clone of the Emperor. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. Um, yeah, I mean that's, that's confirmed. Wouldn't, but not that told. Rey, wouldn't that make Ray almost like a, pretty much his daughter at that point? Yes, genetically, yes. Yeah, why does he say granddaughter? Why doesn't he just say daughter? That's way more haunting. That's a well, more direct I don't know. connection. That's Django Fett. There Boba is a Fett. generation in between, though. I mean, you know, 
He, but it's essentially Palpatine, right? I don't. I mean, like, yes. I don't. It didn't yes. look like Palpatine, but have a decrepit old man refer to a nineteen-year-old as his daughter is. That's horrifying. Horrifying, yeah. <laughs> so that's why. And, that's what I would have done. I would have gone all out on that. And also, like, Django calls Boba his son, right? So I don't right. know. Like, yeah, as opposed to, like, of... hey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it'd be kind of tough if he was like, hey, clone. I don't know why they made his son a clone. I think it's just because it because they got sick of the same questions that we walked out of Rise of Skywalker 9 immediately. So Palpatine Fs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that's, that's right. that literally was the only question in my head after that was like the that takeaway. Film. I was yeah. like, yeah, that was my takeaway from that film. Whereas eight, I had so many ideas bubbling up, <laughs> and then nine, I come out I'm like, wait, Palpatine. So Palpatine I, definitely apps. That was, and, and listeners, you might think we're kind of like painting it. That is literally what happened. We walked yeah. out of that. We were walking to the concession stand to get ready for the second <laughs> viewing to find our partners, and Grant just stops and goes, "Guys, yeah. guys, wait." So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And if you're, if you are in like the twenty to thirty or thirty to forty or forty or fifty demo, like do write into us and tell us what your thoughts were walking out of nine because that I'm, we're not lying. Like we, that's all we were thinking about when we walked out of that film. Which I'm wondering if it was the same fun. for other people. Like right, because it's not like when you're walking out of episode eight, which again I love, but man, that movie is a kick in the in the in the face at times where you're just like, I remember walking out of the film just being like, oh. Like, like, you know, like it's such a heavy film. So part of me appreciates walking out of nine, just being like, wait, wait. So Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, was it that bald creature in the like opera scene? Was it her? I don't know. I, I have to think it might be. I, I, yeah, that's yeah, and that we, was, that's got quite a takeaway. That and, we, got, uh, we got the yarn out. That's for sure. We got the yarn yeah. and the cork board out right after that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I had I had like an Excel spreadsheet trying to figure that out. <laughs> There's like betting pools in Vegas. Mother is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But clearly they got sick of Lucasfilm, got sick of like people like us. They're like, no, no, he's just a clone. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> you know, Palpatine never Fs. Don't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's I was coming out of that film being like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And then yeah, no, Grant was adamant that he didn't. And Grant was right. Grant was. Yeah, we had a big argument about it. Yeah, we were like, 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 there's no way. I was like, there's no way because, Uh, I don't know. I may not know much, but one thing I know, Palpatine does not F. I think that was the wrong move on that whole statement. I think think there's so many elements of Rise of Skywalker and towards the end that really led to, like, current 2020 um, looking at patriarchy, looking at the Me Too movement in a really fascinating way that was there. like this just old man trying to control this young woman. I just found it so fascinating and of the time and also just have him just anyway, I, I they could have. No, they... I agree with that. I love that stuff. I mean, that was important. That's important work to do as a story. Yes. And I think the Trevorrow script was lacking a message like that. Yeah. So it also I think doesn't to... that I appreciate that it's not in the face. Like you can take yeah. that away from it or not. Right. Well, uh, so we took this news segment um, and made it 43-minute criticism of uh, Rise of Skywalker, um, which, as we do, which is cool. We love Star Wars. We're just diving deep. I I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in forever. It's been a while. I also critique, not criticism, right? Critique and plot. Deep analysis of something. Right. Not what should be, what could be. And by the way, our deep analysis was mostly, so does Palpatine F? (laughs) As critique. Um, that's, what this yeah. that's what this episode's called, by the way. That's the title. Just, so, so Palpatine just, apps. Okay, you guys. Record this and just get our one E 
explicit rating. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this Palpatine F, but don't want to. We have some young listeners. Oh, also, man. sorry if you have to explain to your youngest listeners what we're saying. <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, that's that's know. a you problem. I wonder what would happen if actually we went to an explicit rating. I always thought it'd be nice to be inclusive, and I don't know. It's it feels good to be G-rated in some part of my life. Like the rest of my life, I curse like a sailor, and like, we just we turn it on and off. The immediate, once the recording start, we'll have to do a we'll have to do like a page, not even a page, we'll have to do like a yeah a coral news after dark, mm. which is when we're recording now. Incidentally, ten thirty night, so it's pretty after dark. Pretty after pretty dark. Um. It's when we start getting real. Um, all right. Well, what's happening? We move on to the point of this uh, uh, episode and get into uh, free fall. Sound, sound good? Sure. All right. Board that ragged claw. Take a look. It's in a Uh, so this is our reading Rathtar edition uh, of Poe Dameron Freefall, um, uh, written by Alex Segura. Um, I went into this little gem thinking it was a novel, and then I saw yeah. it published by Lucasfilm. Um, and I'm pretty sure everything published by Lucasfilm is sort of younger reader, young adult, teenager. Yes, fair. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't realize. And Del Rey is the the real novel, novel one, but. Um, we just saw some content and we leapt on it, and this is what we've got. So um, I plowed through this yesterday, and uh, it was quite a ride. What did uh, you gentlemen think about this book? What, are, what were the, your first reactions? I thought it was super well written. I really like Alex Segura's writing. I really liked uh, the exploration of all the worlds and the travel. I think this book travels, which I love. Yes, I love it travels book a lot. Travel. And this, tra- this book travels quite a bit, and. I love that because I think the last time we got that, I think was last shot. I, I don't really know, yeah. I, or maybe one of the Zon books. But um, like, this book travels. We go to so many worlds in this book. I love that it's a book about Poe getting in over his head with these pirates and like scoundrels and spice runners from Kajimi. Like I, I really liked that story. I kind of that's what I guess the story would be. You know, when I pick up the book, and it was just fun to. It's fun. To, fun how many aliens that were brought into the story and. That yeah. was cool. Like I really liked that all the pirates were felt very distinct. Yeah, like, the pirates felt like the same. Like I never felt like I was imagining the same character when I was imagining two different pirates. So that was that was cool and um, fun story. And we meet some really fascinating new characters that are so interesting. And we get new terminology. We get new information on the New Republic. And I, I mean, it's a great book. Yeah, I agree. It was a fun read. Um, you know, similar to Ben. Oh. <laughs> Charlie does not agree. She did not like this book. No, it's the child. All right. <laughs> Do you want to eagerly you you cut it out? She just leave it sometimes. In. Leave it in. It's fine. Yeah. She's asleep. So she sometimes wakes up very quickly. And then it's nothing. She's fine. All right. So uh, really enjoyed it. Agreed that it's, you know, because it's a young adult, there's not as much to dive deep into. But I really appreciated that. It almost felt like the Luke Skywalker story turned on its head a little bit, right? Because it's someone who's coming from a backwater planet, right? Who is yeah. kind of like wants to get out there in the world and doesn't find a Jedi to train him. He finds spice runners, right? To take him right, on his yeah. quest. And like, I like the falling deep into that. I did appreciate, I, I don't have the character's name. I apologize. I'm, I'm a little like, well, I'm literally working on one hand right now. So I have the book in front of me, but the, 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 the 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 Corsac or not the Corsac, but the um, New Republic 
cop who's tracking um him tracking the oh, Troon? Uh, yeah, yeah, like it was like a hard boiled detective novel at times. You yeah, know, for yeah. even though she was like cool. a twenty two year old blonde. Right. Yeah. But she was like yeah. determined and this book is dark in places and violent. Oh, yeah in places and I don't mean, like it's not it's not descriptive isn't super violent but the number of people the number of like like stabbings there's a lot of merciless deaths yeah there's a yeah. lot yeah well, Se- Seal of Truon gets a uh, gets shanked pretty bad in this I movie. know <laughs> an ignominious end for yeah. Seal of Truon yeah. um yeah I did not really see that coming they actually you know for a younger reader thing, um, they they went to some really interesting places, and Segura really tried to push his story to do different things in the you know Star Wars galaxy, things we haven't seen before. Maybe this is from up high. It's like, all right, we're letting out the reins a little bit. You can change up these stories and, and these storylines, or or I don't know. He just seems to turn a lot of things on their head and do some interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I, I also say I, I really loved. I would have I always have like Wikipedia out and I'm looking yeah. up all these species because I have to look at them. Um, yeah. The the Klaatuinian uh, Viglik, um, who get, calls, yeah. yeah, who he calls Viggy later, which is kind of fun. Um, they they kind of look like a, I don't know, they have a face like a, a seal, like a bulldog, right, or something. Yeah, bulldog or yeah. seal, like big jowl yeah. sort of affair. Right. Um, they had a, a Dauten, which is the um, the big dude that um, the first order spy and Taz Cantina is using as like a, you know, a, you know, a sofa mm-hmm. uh, with the, with the right. horns of the thing. That's, he was a bouncer there. And of course they brought out some, so, you know, Twi'leks, um, which we all know. And, um, and Davarinians, which were, uh, we saw in live action with the Mandalorian, the devil looking horned characters. You get a bar. Yeah, but it's just so great that each character you meet is just a different alien species. Like I thought exactly. that was really smart storytelling and, and, and a way to kind of differentiate. the different. Yeah, personalities. I've been waiting for that for a while, you know, where it's just like, why aren't we seeing aliens all the yeah. time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it and, makes uh, sense. And yeah. the underbelly, like that's mostly, you know, it's the other You know, there aren't as many human species. Yeah. That, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I loved loved that super diverse storytelling. I was, I was trying to remember this book actually reminded me a lot of the um, Ray Carson Most Wanted book, which was the Solo, oh, yeah. the Kira. But except the difference is that's only that they don't leave Corellia. I think there's a, a segment in the book where they they get in the Starfighter and they get in, they get to like the space around Corellia, and that's the first yeah. time they've been off planet, which is kind of a very romantic moment in that book. So this is like the opposite, where it's just a lot of galaxy hopping. I would say the one thing about this book that if I were to do something different with it, which again, really well written. I would have loved this to have been not Poe Dameron free, free fall, but Zori bliss free fall. Like to yeah. me, that's the more interesting character. No offense to Poe Dameron. We had some text exchange earlier today about our thoughts about Poe Dameron. Um, but I like Zori bliss to me, especially in this book, her story to me is so fascinating. This idea of like having this legacy of, of being the daughter. I mean, we're going to spoil, so spoiler alerts, but being the daughter of yeah. basically the, the runner of the community spice, Jimmy spice yeah. pirates being forced into this life. Like it's so much more interesting to me yeah, than born same, into similar. It, right? like, what's that? Born, born into, into it. Born into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, similar to like Kira, right? Kira to me is so much more interesting of a character than Solo in Solo. I feel the same yeah. way with like Zori Bliss. One one quick aside, and I don't want to uh, derail us too much, but I think galaxy hopping should be a pillar, right? 
Yeah, I think I there's think we have there. one, but yeah, I, don't I, think think we, I think we could add that in. Galaxy Hobby used as a term, and that's that's like I need to see people move around. And in most wanted, they do actually they get off planet and go to a couple different places. I think it's not just oh, they are. Right. I couldn't remember. Yeah, they may be confined to the ship that like the Crimson Dawn ship or whatever whoever hires them for mm-hmm. a minute. But um, I think they do they do go a couple different places. All right. I, I mean. Personally, that's my favorite stuff is like, where are they now? And what are the physics and what is the biome? And what are the flora and fauna? And like, what's going on? What blasters are they using? Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's always one of the one of the great things there. Yeah, there's light speed skipping in this book as well. Yeah. Like yep. you saw in episode nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I looked at that very closely. <laughs> I find that so bizarre that there's light speed skipping and light speed tracking in star Wars. Cause I feel like those are kind of sci-fi elements. And, and yes. the more you go into that technology of space travel, the more you invite the audience to think about light speed logic and capabilities. And which time. I argue. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. I mean, it looks <laughs> like we're going to get some of that in, um, uh, the high Republic series because they're, they're talking about the, you know, in the first chapter, they're talking about a lot about the, you know, inside baseball of hyperspace because they're just, they're just learning how to do it. Um, so, but you know, we'll get a little more information that it'll get a little more science fiction-y, but I, I don't think that's a bad thing. That's all What's right. What's cool I think... about high, the High Republic is it looks like there's some kind of disaster or something like that that just destroys technology and brings us back right. almost like the fantasy genre again, which yeah. I really, really like. I really hope that's yeah. part of what's going on in their thought process is, hey, let's let's take away all this technological lightspeed yeah. travel stuff because I think a lot of people are dwelling on that too much, and let's just bring it back to the space fantasy genre. <laughs> I'm okay with that. It's just because everything has its own place in Star Wars, right? Not every Star Wars is everything. So I feel like um, I'm okay if if certain books and certain properties lean heavier into sci-fi and others lead more heavily into fantasy, right? It's that that's okay. Yeah, yeah, especially in this book where there's no Jedi, mysticism, yeah. knights, no. something like that. Let me ask you a question. Um, so I was surprised. I knew this book was going to take place with them with Poe being a teenager. Um, and that meant Zuri being a teenager. Um, I think 16. I think they even say yeah, 16. 16. 16. Yeah. So next time we see Zuri and Poe together there 20 years later, do we think? Do we know? <sighs> Are they in like the 30s? I mean, I know both actors are in their 40s, quite but it's Hollywood. Not quite 20. I think more like 50, right? Because there's 20 years between, I think, Empire and the, um, what do they call the Hosnian Prime incident or whatever? Right. No, wait. And then no. this takes place. 35 years between, between. Oh, really? Yeah. So when does this one <laughs> after Battle of Jakku? Yeah, because they reference both the Battle yeah. of Jakku and because he was born because he was born right around that time, I think, if I remember correctly, like his parents were together um, in and they mentioned this book, their parents were together uh, in like there's a there's a kin, there's a there's a comic book that takes place right after episode six. And I think his parents are together and I can't yeah. remember if she's pregnant with him or not. And actually the parents are in the new star Wars run. The parents are in the new star Wars comic. So, so let's say he's like, they're in their mid to late thirties. Let's just say in, at, in rise of Skywalker. I mean, they have to be the actors are in their forties. Yeah. Um, right. So let's say mid to late thirties. So there's about 
a little less 20 years. Or let's just say 20 years. Just that's a good round number between the end of this book and Rise of Skywalker ish. You know, check our math. Um, is this the story? Like, cause like, like there's clearly this weird history. They must have had more interactions because would you recognize your crush from 20 years ago? I guess you would recognize Based the helmet. The helmet. But like, and but she recognizes him immediately too. Which again, granted, if someone saw him, well, no, they wouldn't see me because I have a giant beard now, and I didn't when I was sixteen. Um, but my point is, like, this this can't be the story, can it? Like, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Uh, oh, you mean like, do they? Do you think they have another run in later? Yeah, I do. They have to, right? Like, I, th- I think their story is more than just this and yeah. what we see in episode. That could nine. be a series. Well, I think Babu Frick is what Poe's after in episode nine right like that's why yeah, it goes yeah. yep the droids and we know in this in this book it has like a few slim pages of like baba frick and poe having that last connection before he yeah runs, they, they went out of their so, way like to they do did that. do their yeah. work yeah. to make sure that there's a it connects it, yes so. it is possible like this story could just be it right like there, there's right. enough here that you could piece those dots together it just the connection seemed and i guess this book is they're together in this book for about a year or so there's a lot um, of yeah at least a year i think so i guess there is quite a bit of like that's there's quite yeah. a bit of formative years actually you know what i mean i'm gonna take the other side adam because yeah. that's why i'm I actually trying to come back around but go ahead <laughs> yeah i um because it actually would be really beautiful for this you know them to go on these large arcs and really i mean poor sorry bliss seems to just i mean maybe she redefined what the spice runners were and they're not quite the merciless killers that they are in this book but um, Poe's grown a lot, but to like, he's like, all right, I know a guy in Kajimi. Like, he's just like, okay, Babu Frick is probably still there. And then like, of course he runs into Zori Bliss, you know, like, of course he's like, maybe she just, he's like, you know, Hey, maybe Zori's not around. Like whatever. Yeah. And what are the odds? I'm going to run right into there. this person right. from 20 years ago. Yeah. But they're actually quite great. Cause she has, you know, a steel grip over Kajimi and knows what's going on and, and is just right on top of him as soon as he comes in. Um, I, that's, I think that's actually kind of a beautiful moment. And then, you know, then all these enough times passed where they're like, sure, you didn't help me kill my mother, but like, you're kind of cute. And like, then they sort of, you know, they, they hit it off again in their, their sort of flirty way. It also help makes that last my mother Poe. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't you help me kill her? She was awful. <laughs> it also makes that last yeah. scene of like one of the funniest moments of rise of Skywalker like during the celebration scene between yeah, him and like, Zoe. That's She's literally like, my no. favorite scene in that movie. That is literally yeah. my favorite scene. It does movie. add a little bit of extra to that, which is fun. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, now that we've talked about it, I mean, there's a big character that's introduced in this book, and that is Zori's mother, uh, yeah. Zema Bliss. And uh, yeah. really cool that she fights with a sword. A long yeah. Time. yeah. Super and, cool. And like uses that sword. A lot. <laughs> a lot it seemed very impractical like i'm like why are you bringing a sword to a blaster fight but she seemed to hold her own in most circumstances yeah uh, and yeah like, i think she just doesn't tell you she's great. gonna stab you that's, yeah. that's her game plan there are like two scenes in this book where someone's holding their insides in yeah it's yeah. pretty rough it's a, it's a violent book <laughs> but well, that's how it should be it's a criminal underworld it's the yeah. spice runners of kajimi and I could totally see uh, Zora, a, dead, a Zori Bliss novel after this, like a dedicated 
Zori Bliss novel, but I don't know if it's if she's as beloved as Ahsoka is and warrants a novel, but I she think she be. does. I love that character. I think she deserves, yes, I think she does just because it's an interesting character that we don't know a lot about, but no, she's nowhere near Akira in my book or nowhere near, because she also gets like five minutes of screen time in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Like, she doesn't get a ton. She is no super screen time in that thing. Too. I, I love her as a character, and I think she does deserve a book. I'm just wondering on broad appeal, no, much like Ahsoka, does she is she going to get a dedicated novel? Is there yeah. going to be a writer who's going to love the opportunity of writing a Zori book? And is it still relevant at this point? I don't know. Give her a comic. Give her a five issue. Yeah, I would love yeah, a Zori comic. I'd like to see that because I also think she's so such a dynamic looking character that yeah. do you want to see her almost more visually than than read a book? Like when they're describing her helmet, I'm like, that's cool. Can I just watch the movie now? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. I'm flipping through my notes. This is completely random. We're kind of just doing the scattershot a little bit. We might go through more. Should, of we, should we do a brief synopsis? Oh, we're uh, 15 sure. minutes into the thing. That's, that's, that seems reasonable. <laughs> I, I mean, it was, I dropped the ball on that. I probably should have done it right off the top. Eh. Um, just to set a little bit of a basis. If you've listened this long, which kudos to you. Um, yeah. Uh, Poe Dameron tired of Yavin four runs into uh, some unsavory characters that promise to allow him to fly and get off planet. Turns out that the Spice Rummer is a Kinjimi. Uh Zori is hiding her identity with the um, impenetrable uh, alias Zori Wynn. Um, they, Dad, uh, Kess Dameron, uh, apparently Cher Bay has passed, which is unfortunate. Um, and Kess Dameron is, uh, you know, holding on, for dear life too much uh, for, to his son and not letting him be the, you know, the revolutionary that is genetics and the force demands. Um, so they, they interact. There's this push and pull post trying to figure himself out as a teenager um, ends up going on this wild ride with the spice runners um, and then realizes the air is way grows up a little bit and uh, decides to um, ultimately, and this is the spoiler of spoilers, uh, you know, Chase after Leia Organa and her mission, and 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 find her place there. His place there. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of the concluding message of this book is that he finds Leia. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a wonderful ending. Yeah, the book seems to just really. I just I guess part of what I'm like, wow, like these characters were kind of set earlier in their lives than I would have expected, right? But but it makes yeah. sense. There's a part of me that makes sense that I like the fact that this weird element they introduced episode nine of him being involved with spice runners right and like there's that i like it it's funny of just like like what is the secret that that poe has is weirdly introduced in episode nine but it makes more sense if he was only a spice runner for a year when he was 16 right like it's not like he's not like yeah i did this for 30 i did this for 20 years and i killed a ton of people he's like i had a i had like a I had like a i had a gap year where i was a spice runner let's just leave it behind let's just move on <laughs> right like right it's fine do like, we my know my do we know if Leia knew Shar Bay or Kess Damron? I, I think, think so. Right? Yeah, because yeah. in the the what Star Wars three of the new run, there I mean they're sharing space in the Hoth uh, bunkers, so I would yeah. think yeah. it was there. And after reread it, there was the Star Wars. I think it was Star Wars Shattered Empire, which was like a standalone um, graphic novel. I think it was actually the first novel or first comic to come out in the new EU. I think there's interactions between, right. yeah, four issues. It was actually I gotta go back and reread it. It's really good. It came out October, September. It came out September of 2015. Right, that was right then. Yeah, and also, um, Charbet and Kestameran, right? They get, are they the ones that come together in uh, Lost Stars? 
Mm. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, they're not because they're no, they're not those characters because oh, they're, okay, uh, they're both on the same side. Um, no, but the, they, yeah. I think they ultimately come back together at the end of that book. Hmm. Oh goodness, um, I'm so sorry. I, I know this for sure. I thought you were going to be like, yes, they are. We're yeah, right. sorry. We dr- yeah. I feel like there's just there's dangers to writing a backstory book on a character, especially when the film is already out there, because I feel like I feel like Zori would would have called Poe, you know, the farm boy from Yavin Four at some point in the film or something like that, because I feel like that, that's she there's these funny quips that she has with him. And then uh, also if Leia knew his parents, you'd think that would be mentioned at some point. Or It's weird to build on all this ancillary material and really fill up these characters' lives. And then when they are on screen, all that stuff's just not there. It's, it's, it's yeah. never talked about or harp- it's, it's, it's weird almost. Yeah, Grant, thank you. I think you put words to what I was feeling about this and I couldn't quite figure out what, what felt a little weird to me. And it's exactly that. I was just like, yeah, the last time they left, they've had like their lives taking major turns where it's just like, yes, she's now running the Kajimi pirates which makes sense but to be like wait so you're now a general in the like you're running the yeah uh, i remember when you were a farm boy and yeah from yeah yeah. before you know yeah yeah something like that she's also like a cool character so she might have been just playing that close to the vest right yeah that's true um yeah there's a lot of stuff in this book that i kind of like oh i wish we saw some of this relationship explored in the movie or or in other live action pieces yeah 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 it's it's a fun book Sorry, yeah, it was uh, my bad. I, I, for some reason, I thought they were, but I, I, I was mixing my my love stories. It was actually uh, Oscar Isaac said, you know, he wanted to be from Yavin Four because it reminded him of his um, uh, home country Guatemala. of yeah. Guatemala. Yeah, and he was just like, yeah, that's where I want to be. And then and some sort of ideas came out, and yeah, Shattered Empire was their first appearance um, where they started really fleshing this out, and now they're continuing to flesh out his parents' story in the uh, new Star Wars run. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like this book overall. I thought it was yeah, good. It was, it fun. was... Uh, yeah. Quick read. I, I read it real quick. Yeah. Same here. I read it in the night. Um, yeah. Super fun. Reads real quick. Um, yeah. It would be like, I'd say it's a perfect beach read. If you're, if you're going to the beach. Um, right. Socially distancing. Of course. Yes. Which I did last week and it was quite nice and easily social distance. Anyway. Um, one random thing, like, you know, where we find out that Xena, uh, bliss is, uh, um, you know, Zori's mother. It, it wasn't until she's like, they actually said her last name that I was like, uh, and I'm like, I probably should have seen that coming, but I didn't at all. Just if anyone wanted to know how dumb I am and how like, <laughs> like where I'm coming from when I'm reading a story, I just like, I have. So much deniability. Like I have no idea what's going to come. It's like every day is a new day. Every book's a new book. Like, I've never seen a trope before. And uh, yeah, so that happened. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's awesome. That's, yeah. that's the way it should be. It makes it more fun. It's a, it's a yeah. good. Um, another thing, there's a they pronoun here used on a Powin, yes. which I've never yeah. read a they pronoun in a book before. And I was like, yep. Awesome. They it's Gentry is a Powin woman. So it's the, uh, Race we see at the end of um, Revenge of the Sith, uh, the not race, I don't know. Oh, yeah, species. species, yeah, yeah. Uh, they uh, bring that... additional warriors. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're the ones with the really, you know, tall, gray, red cloaks. 
um, face lines, headlines everywhere. They have corduroy faces, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Um, gray corduroy with with big, sharp, angry teeth. Um, <laughs> and uh, but they're very <laughs> sweet people. Apparently, the Palins can live for hundreds and hundreds of years, um, which I didn't know. But they're mm. also like a long surviving species. But um, yeah, Gentry, because they, they identify her as female in the beginning. And I didn't but I didn't catch till literally 50 percent of the way through the book that they were using they pronouns. Like yeah. You know, this is their way. And, they, and I'm like, who are these? Like, I, I kept thinking the um, the plural. You know, right. Not yep. the singular. And um, yeah, uh, that was cool. It was cool. Was like, oh, that, was, that was a nice that was a nice little addition there to go along with all the different species um, that they have in this book. Yeah, they're doing a lot of that good work in the books and the comics, and hopefully we'll see a little more of that come through in some of the live action stuff too, which would be good. Yeah, a lot um, of synergy. Yeah, another random quote. Uh, there's a there's a bat there's a straight out Batman quote in this book. Anyone catch <laughs> that? Uh, I think I missed yeah. it. Give it page, to me, and I'll page two hundred two. Zori states, "Criminals are a cowardly, superstitious lot." Oh, really? Nice. That's a straight Batman quote. That's a nice nod. Yeah. I like the story was like, I got to get far away from the the bureaucracy and neurotic tentacles of the New Republic. I thought that was like, there's some cool lines from her. Yeah. Um, So Uh, I had an idea um, this week where we might like just sort of give this uh, a quick hyper round for um, pillars check. To see if like Segura like checked all the pillars that we came up with. Yeah, uh, do you I guys want to do a quick uh, hyper round here? Sure. Do, uh, do we get the hero's journey? Yes. yes. Right, because call to action. Yeah. yeah pretty pretty succinctly. Yeah, we get it. It's right there. Yeah. Right. Um, do we get out of galaxy references? Well, uh, Adam just did one. Yeah, yeah, we just brought in a Batman quote. Like, yeah, there it is. It is Batman. So, Perfect. Um, ensemble cast, obviously. Yeah. Also, like, there's dance music and tea and uh, all types of style. Yeah. Weird stuff mentioned. Too. Sorry, you were going to say something else, Adam? What else were you saying? I don't know. I was, I, it, was, it was one of those things where I started a sentence and was pretty sure I was going to have it by the end and wasn't quite there. But I feel like there's other references to other, like, other genres of movies, too, right? There's... Yeah. Um, there's actually some like some moments that actually feel John Hughesy to me at times with the the the, the Poe Dameron and the and the uh, Zori Bliss like budding yeah. romance because it's very it's very chaste but it's there right like yeah. it's not like it's so it's just there and there's a couple like almost like Breakfast Clubies things where like stuck together in a room like it's just yeah. yeah. You know, Grant said something to me a while ago that I just can't get out of my head um, mm. because it seems too real. And it was just like every time characters kiss in Star Wars, they have sex. Like that's a yeah. physical yeah. metaphor for yep. sex. That's right, as as, yeah, yeah you he did. That. Yeah, yeah, right? He did. That was a great was, quote. Adam, you take credit for that if you said that. But. No, no, it's definitely Grant. I would never right. say something so profound. Yeah, that, yeah, and I just like, <laughs> was okay. So, I think so. I think it's a good uh, observation. Maybe. I think it's a really good observation because that really? that yeah. comments about this about like how what sex is and what romance is in the, in the, in Star Wars and it is very there be a lot of elements in Star Wars, but the sex in Star Wars and the romance is always going to be PG. Right. There's never going to be there's... a sex scene in Star Wars. You know, like it, just, it would be superfluous. Like, you know, the closest we get is Anakin w- waking up sweaty. From a it's dream. hard to get a good read a dream about his mother too. Yeah, I know. We, I, hey, come on, look at the series. The first, the first thing we get is the first kiss we get in the entire series is between brother and sister. Yeah, but 
But I mean, that's very Greek mythology, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. And like that's so they want to keep it closer to myth where it's just like sex is just like a, a benchmark occurrence that spawns these bizarre new people. Like that's, you know, it's more just like, all right, so then these two people came together and then like created this other thing. And it's it's much more spiritual and like, I don't know. it. I don't know. It, it's just like a vehicle for spawning new characters. Right. Yeah. Um, but which is sort of why romance is like, that's the, the weird pillar that's that we like are sort of struggling with a little bit. Um, because there is romance, but it's like when the, it, everything's metaphorical, Yeah, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, we continue. Uh, yeah. So ensemble cast. Yep. Pretty clear ensemble Definitely. cast. Actually, we, I start to like, you know, the, the spice runners we see there, uh, alien worlds, I guess alien worlds is, is, uh, galaxy hopping. Yeah. But I'll I might want to. Yeah. Maybe we change but, alien. Worlds I was actually to say, maybe hopping. we actually swapped it out instead of alien worlds. We put galaxy, galaxy hopping. hopping yeah, I like that's, that. that's the maybe fun. That's right? Yeah. Um, swashbuckling. Lots oh, of swashbuckling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the force. All right. So this is a, this mm. is an interesting one. Um, because you can say like the whole, there was a lot of coincidental, uh, run-ins here. Especially I'll tell you where the force is in this book. It's at the end of this book. The very end. Okay. We should talk when... more about the end at the end of this episode. Yeah. And really dive. If you want to, yeah, by all means. Um, but, but uh, I think when yeah. he mentions the word destiny with the yeah. you know, okay. yeah. D, that, that's kind of like, that's where I think force is. Yeah. The second Leia, the shadow of Leia steps in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the four starts subtle, but like there's no Jedi in this. Though Gentry was an interesting character because they they were kind of they alluded to her having like special privileges or powers. I know one of those is that she was one of the few that knew that Zori Wynn was Zori Bliss. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I I felt like she might have been force sensitive. Uh, They might have been force sensitive. Quite possible. Um. Yeah. uh, Pillars. We got mentors. Tomasu. Yeah. Yeah. Tomasu, definitely mentor. Um, Good versus evil. Yep. I mean, that's what it was all about, right? Yeah. Honor what came before, presage what comes after, always expand. So obviously, I mean, Leia's before. Yeah. And they're they're talking all about Kestramran and Charbet like they're before. Yeah. And in terms of like. Checks that. In terms of tropes and other things, or like looking at the well, like what is Star Wars in the past? There's definitely like, yeah, it definitely. I really think there's a, str- a strong reference back to Luke's story at the very beginning in a lot of this, just the farm boy yeah. story. Yeah. Right. And they, ex- they ex- definitely expanded the galaxy too because they hot like on their mm-hmm. early travails, especially they were on bang, 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 new, yep. new planets that had never been even used before. They called back to some, but they created yep. some new ones too, which was yep. fun and gave a lot of depth to the, to the Kajimi spice. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just something that's there in episode nine, but that we get a history of now that definitely expands yeah. that universe of like yeah. what is their role there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You find out there's a lot of gangs vying for control mm-hmm. with the spice trade at this point. Yeah, totally. So definitely did a great job there. Uh Wars in the Stars really checked that box actually. Yeah. There's a lot of wars in the stars. Fighting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Starfighter battles. Um, yep. Aliens, monsters, and droids. Um, they did a great job, actually. Hey, who um, who loved the EV droid, right? Yeah, Dude. yeah. EV six B six. Yeah, we know. talked a lot yeah, about EV cool. droids, right? Who, who yeah. whose favorite was that? Was that yours, Grant? Yeah, I, I love ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, he's one of my favorite characters of all time. Yeah, in front of the Jedi gold right there. 
Mm-hmm. Also, that, that that poor droid gets killed twice. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and the second <laughs> yeah. time was for real. And it was droid. There was a part of me that thought he was going to take um, EV6v6's uh, AI and put it in a ball droid, and that was going to be BB-8. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we didn't get that, yeah. as far as I can tell. Um, because they're both very upbeat, like, positive entities. Oh, oh. guys, also... Um, I don't know if this connects back, but Boshek's in this book. Does anyone familiar who Boshek is? I know who Boshek is, but I'm right now I'm blanking. Yeah, Boshek is in the bar in the canteen in episode four. He's the guy. He's the guy wearing the flight suit. Basically, he's the human. Oh, okay, in the yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? And they, it's That's just Boshek. one of these characters. Boshek always laughs, and I'm like, Boshek's here, like a human, a human Karelian thief who is often a thorn in the spice runner of Kamiji's hide it says but he was there like and i'm also that guy's got to be old at this point if he's like yeah yeah it's like now he's, so he's the norm of like of yavin four that's awesome yeah i think of a sorgan in this book at one point too maybe early on yeah and so where's go, the in Mando, mandalorian we go there oh oh that's the that's the play, yeah the, um the the seven that's samurai, seven samurai. Yeah. yeah oh wow oh yeah, yeah. that's sorgan Oh, because oh, I know I heard of it and I just watched episode four like last week or episode f- five, four. Yeah. Um, of Mandalorian. So that's, of course, that's a, cool time. that's a nice that's a nice reference there. Um, what was the other ones? Oh, they so at the end they reference. Um, oh, God, the guy's name. Uh, Zaid Calladay mm-hmm. and his starship, the Midnight Blade. And I was like, this has got to be a thing. And sure enough, it was we read about it in but but two the book about um Black Spire. Oh right, yeah. He, There's he like it was like a late bluecomer to the um to the cause that they sort of like they needed another body at the the last minute and and wrangled him in, and he helped uh, push back the the uh, first order uh, invasion there, which was yeah. super. Uh, legacy and family Schneikies. It was oh uh, yeah, that's, that's what this is. Yeah, yeah, and then government, politics, economics, and trade. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I mean, that. they have their own economics, really, in the whole spice running thing. And there's actually a great quote in here. Um, let's see if I can pull it up about the um, the empire freely allowed the spice running out of Kessel, and when it fell, it it, it knocked the whole like industry into chaos. And um, it made me think of like the United States, like condoning the shipment of cocaine into America. And I was just I don't know. I thought that was kind of an interesting parallel there. Um, Yeah, it was just like scoundrels capitalized on the chaos that sprung up in the collapse of the empire, which had left the lucrative spice trade coming out of Kessel in a state of complete disarray without imperial oversight. The battle for spice was a violent struggle amongst various factions, leaving busy processing terminals inoperational. That opened the door for the spice runners of Kajimi with their pirate vessels focused on striking any spice loaded ships trying to move their product into the rest of the galaxy. I don't know. I just thought that there was there's definitely a parallel there between like Colombia and, you know, the United States and the the Reagan administration. Totally. Yeah. And a lot in this book, it's a it's a it's a NRSB agent kind of tracking down these spice smugglers, these, you know, these Kajimi spice runners. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer how whenever, like, whether it be um, Bloodlines or this or, like, any, or Aftermath, the the poor, like, New Republic 
just seems completely out of their depth. They're just yeah. like, they can't do this. Like they don't have the power to really bring, you know, order to the galaxy. I mean, they don't have, they don't have Jedi to help them. You know, they sort of need. This is, yeah, this is Jedi. a problem I have with the, the sequel trilogy. Honestly, I feel like they're, I feel like Luke Skywalker played a role with the new Republic. That's just been kind of overlooked. That, yeah. I, I, that is kind of my biggest complaint about the sequel trilogy and just how all the material was uh delivered because I, I just I, I honestly feel like um like luke's story with the new republic is fascinating politically like it, it's a political that's mm. an extravagant that's so interesting to me, yeah the, that, the idea that, might... that you have now a vader you now have an enforcer of some kind yep. that you're probably going to want to use as an enforcer but he is a pacifist that's interesting <laughs> that's complicated yep. I mean, that could be the first like po- like I want all these Luke Skywalker s- series. I've, I've talked endlessly about obviously the, the new Jedi Academy that he creates and fails. And then before that is his sort of like vision quest. But there could be a section before that where it's like right after, you know, the new Republic's yeah. like, we need you. Yeah, yeah. And like there's yeah. this whole yeah. like, intrigue series where like maybe he gives it a shot. And it's just like I. This doesn't feel right because he's not educated. Who's, a, who's asking him to, to help? It's yeah. got to be Leia, right? It's got to be Leia. Like it, it's got to be. Which that's I, like, such interesting, like yeah. relationship work right there. It, it'd be do. super interesting putting a strain on that relationship too, and yeah. like, I mean, that's such an interesting relationship too because they are brother and sister, but they're brother and sister who weren't brother and didn't know each other until their twenties, right? So there's right. that weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting though because that would be cool because they could maybe presage that or started off with them training on uh uh not pasana on um mm. agent Kloss and yeah you know and then she's like you know what i can't do this i've got to go into you know uh politics and then she's like you got to come with me it's like mm. the next step that would be like really kind of cool and I, I'm, I'm imagining a anime series for some reason like really classic anime style like animated series because you can't really do this live action well I think they are going to do a live action. I think they're waiting. I, I think I think Still Disney in general. Yeah, I think they're waiting five, ten years because it's getting real close. Like if you look at like Captain Marvel, they're able to do it real well with Samuel L. Jackson and what they're able to do with with with. I mean, they just started like the first one we saw really was um was the first one Rogue One. That was even before Ant-Man, right? That was before they did yeah. the Michael Douglas de-aging. So yeah. I, it's I think deep fakes. And I, yeah. I just saw on Reddit. Uh, this week, someone used the, the new technology to do the yep. Leia face and mapping, and it was it was an improvement. Yeah, did you see the the solo the segment from Solo where they? Put, I didn't watch that yet, but someone put Harrison's uh, Harrison Ford face. and Billy Dee's face on them. It's creepy. It works real well, but that, I think that's where they're going to get to. And I'm guessing they probably have agreements with all the actors now. I'm guessing now it's standard in those agreements to be like we have the right to use your face and likeness yeah, for compensation. I, well, I don't know. I wonder. I mean, Billy Lord still controls the Carrie Fisher estate, and um, I think yeah. she might be. You know, she'd be like, "Let me look at the script." Yeah, know? she seems to. Yeah, she seemed to be game for it. But, I would think. You know, yeah. I, she understands how much joy um, and inspiration that Leia Organa has brought to the world, and uh, you know, I, I, I would hope that she would let it go. And obviously, my own thing is, I mean, I love Mark Hamill so much. I would mm-hmm. love him. To voice luke skywalker in a series if like i only get his voice like that's good enough for me and i think he'd be uh, happy to have another hero story based on his reactions to the sequel trilogy i think he'd be happy to have another shot at being a, a hero right he gets his hero moment that he's wanted yeah totally and he's such a good voice actor yeah he is 
Um, he's really good. Yeah, I love the way he like because you hear him talk in real life all the time now. But in I loved his voice and his acting in both episodes eight and nine. Um, yeah, because he really captured Luke Skywalker again. And like, can you imagine like talking like your adolescent self, like your teenage self now? It seems. Yeah. I don't, it no, seems I couldn't <laughs> bizarre to actually like yeah. be like capture your own voice patterns and be like, yeah. I'm going to talk like that again just for a movie. I, it's it's bizarre to me and impressive. Yeah. Um, so I was going through the book and there's a segment where I found where I saw that Boshek Boshek was mentioned. Yes. And it's that scene where there's like just the gathering of all the various like criminal elements. Oh, yeah. And so I went through. Yeah. I'm like, I meant to do this before recording. And so I went through right now and checked. And there's a couple of funnier little references in that group. Um, a lot of them are brand new, but there's one who is Woan Barso, uh, who is from Rogue One. He's a background character in Rogue One. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He's, a, he's the one who wears a space helmet. Apparently, he never takes a space helmet off because he's just he's always afraid of a starship's life support system failing. So he just never, ever, he's always in full helmet. Good idea. Um, I like his, where his head's at there. Yeah. <laughs> And then the other one, which gets a little, which is a little more screen time, is uh, Vranky, which is a hut, and it's the hut who ran the casino in Star oh, Wars no Resistance. Way. In is Resistance, there. yeah. So the hut who runs the casino is there. So that's kind I of fun. Remember them saying there was a hut. Frank, Frankie the hut. Yeah, v- yeah. Well, Frankie, it's V, but Frankie, yeah. That's the yeah. Going. yeah. That's that's they, wow. Those and they so- don't mention that he's a hut. They just mention his name, which is Frankie. So they don't. I don't think they actually ever say a hut's there. But that is the name, and that's who that is. I thought that was Grant for a second, laughing. <laughs> um. So we two other things I want to talk about before we uh, move past this uh, to oblivion. Uh, one is Babu Frick uh, yep. is in this book, uh, and I personally loved how he was written. I thought it was great. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, Zori, is you is the first line, and you don't know who it is. Babu, miss you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Popo, hey, hey, Zori, friend is mine, friend, yeah. Like, he just it writes it great, and they start, like, making out and the thing, and he's like, no one invites you here for the kissy kissy. No, no. Yeah. I had to, every time he was mentioned, I had to stop and do his voice in my brain mm. because otherwise it reads real bad like it, it yeah. you know what i mean like so, I, so it slowed me down because every time i'd be like what is this garbage and then the second <laughs> i would stop and do Bobby frick in my head i'm like okay fine i get it like yeah. this is exactly what it sounds <laughs> like i was the now. exact opposite i read hey hey sorry is you and i was like i only read it in one voice I, like right off the bat. <laughs> i'm like hey babu like babu yeah you doing guy. it right yeah he's my guy <laughs> I'm so yeah, love it. I, I so I, I mean, not an easy character to write, and I thought, no, he was quite no. well. but that's exactly how you would write him. That's exactly what he would sound like. So yeah, yeah. Um, unless there's any other Babu Frick stuff, there's the ending of this book, which was weird. <laughs> well, it was just like run away, and <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> I've been watching a lot of like Monty Python stuff this week, so I appreciate you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so it's like poe can't make up his mind like he's trying to stick to a code of ethics but they're ambiguous and he's interpreting them in odd ways yeah well he kind of hears his like mom's voice in his head at the end and he's like I gotta make the right decision because my mom's voice is coming through so, but like so he goes the right path 
Right. They're like, they're going, he's like, why are we sneaking into our own meeting? You know, great question. And then they're like, we're going to just assassinate all the like bad people. One of whom he wanted to kill in cold blood earlier in the book. And they seem like they're bad people. And he supports Zori. Obviously he's there for her. And Zori's about to do it. And he's like, for some reason he draws a line there. Like he just like mass murder. No, I mean, he's sure he's killed people, but like, I just thought that was kind of like, that was his first weird detour, but he didn't really commit to it really hard. Yeah. And then, you know, but enough to like, I don't know, fight Zori, incapacitate Zori. Then he tries to escape, but then he helped. Not only does he not allow those people to die, he helps the, that group of um, scoundrels that were going to be eliminated by Xena. And yeah. then he ultimately faces off against her, you know, somehow after she, you know, murders an RSB, New Republic Security Bureau agent in cold blood. Yeah. It's a crazy side story. And that's how it ended. She was just like, did you get revenge? No, not really. Um, yeah. Can I just mention that for a second? Not to derail you. No, you're this is good. We need the filler here because I'm just glancing. I'm trying to piece like, together this thing. And I'm doing a poor job. That felt so... I that bummed me out so hard. Like that the villain point, wins. <laughs> yeah, like her entire family's murdered by yeah. this group, and then she. Granted, I mean, you know what? What's that? Uh, you know, this is what you know. If you seek revenge, dig two graves, right? Yes, and yeah, that's right. what they were going for. But I'm like, in a in a young adult reader, which maybe that's a good method, me- you know, message. Don't seek revenge, but like seek justice is good. But I'm just like, oh, what a what like a bleak storyline for this character. Yeah, that, that was bleak because I see like Truman was a character I really liked. I don't. I really yeah, I don't even know if I dislike it. I was just like, oof. <laughs> yeah, it was a, definitely a gut punch. Yeah. And then so you yeah. have predictably the knocked out Zori coming to seeing yeah. her mom who she clearly knows has some moral value and like is feeling contained by trapped a little bit by her mom, but she doesn't really have, you know, you don't get the feeling that she's dying to leave. Right. She wants to remake it, but fighting Poe, Poe's already double crossed her and she, yet she sort of takes Poe's side and then he's there and she's like, help me defeat her and we'll do the thing. And he's like, Nah, I'm good. I'm leaving. It just walks out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's basically what happens. Yeah, pretty much. This, yeah. this is it. I've I've finally made a decision for some reason. Yeah, and you know what? It's like I'm not fighting this fight with this person that I love that I said that I would follow forever in a blood battle with her mother. Like, if you really cared about her at all, wouldn't you just want to keep her alive in that fight? Like, it, I mean, I understand. Like, I'm not going to kill your mom. Or kill I think anybody. that was the Gorgon's head moment for Poe. I think he saw the horror of that lifestyle and he just ran away. That's pretty much that's how I kind of read that scene. Yeah, it was a it's a fascinating choice. You know, it would, especially for a young adult reader, it's just like, you know what? It's OK to just not fight that fight. Like if, if you don't feel good about it, you don't have a horse in that race. Like yeah. chivalry is not about throwing your, you know, self away for a, a weird bloodthirsty cause just because you know the person that you love is fighting this fight right it's okay to walk away if it's not if yeah you, yeah 
I'd be curious to hear what our listeners thought of this. And um, if you read this book, please reach out to us and and, and let you know, let us know what you think. Because, um, yeah, it, it's yeah, uh, it was it was a it was a unique one for Star Wars. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be discussing this book further on the Discord too, at Core World News on Discord or at Core yep. World News on Twitter. Uh, we're, I think we're at Core World News on um, Instagram as well. So we are. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So just uh, find us there. We'll be discussing yeah. this book for a while, I know, longer than this, because I think there's a lot to take out of this. There's a lot of plans we didn't even discuss. There's a lot of like environments we didn't discuss that might play later. So there's gonna be a lot of stuff to discuss later on the down the road. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. I think. Looking, uh, this right we want to talk about uh next week adam sure well looking forward in terms of reading rathtar which i think next week the new thrawn book i mentioned earlier comes out so we'll cover that in a few weeks give people a chance to read that and that's in a, that's one of the um you know real novels so that's going to be deep yeah, and and Thra- and uh timothy zahn's a um is a great writer but he's a writer that you really have to dive into so it's, we'll definitely give you a couple of weeks to read that but next week i think we're going to play a little bit of catch up with the comics we're a couple of weeks behind but we'll have three to cover which i think will be kind of the perfect number i think you get to do this we'll talk about darth vader number four which came out a couple of weeks ago bounty hunters number four which came out this week and then uh dr afro number three is coming out next week so that's what we'll be talking about during our re- or, uh, kyber crystal comics corner segment Nice. And maybe there'll be a Mandalorian trailer between now and then. It was rumored to come out tonight. I've been riding the uh, news all night and it didn't happen. <laughs> Have you? I was just about to take another no, look. I, I've been refreshing a lot, but I think I think DC fandom is controlling uh, the airwaves right now, the news <laughs> the waves. Interwebs. With, yeah. yeah. So so I wouldn't be surprised if they drop it between now and our next recording. So if, if so, you know, prepare for a two hour breakdown of a 30 second trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Well, I can't uh, wait, guys. Great job, y'all. Um, thanks to all of our listeners for listening. Um, truly appreciate it. Um, and yeah, what a time to be alive. Um, thank you all, and may the force be with you. Always. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Yeah. <laughs>